Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those big swings, and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Here we go. Now, Matt Pauley on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. All right, man, let's get going here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Let's go. I hate to disappoint, but it is not Matt Pauley tonight. Joe Pot with you in for Matt Pauley. Happy to be along for the Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on a Thursday night on KMOX. Glad you are along with us. Matt Pajeski is on the other side of the board for us tonight. We have a really, really good show for you tonight. A lot to get to. Uh, the news of the day is Adam Wainwright's injury, and we'll talk about that here coming up uh, right off the top here in just a second. We'll, we're also going to visit... Uh, in our next segment with John Denton of MLB.com. He covers the Cardinals, of course, on a daily basis. So we'll talk to him about uh, not just the injury, but what that means for the Cardinals, uh, what he sees as we're now exactly a week away from opening day, from the uh, regular season opening day. We've got Brian Dunseth as well. He's an MLS analyst. He's spent a lot of time uh, on TV broadcast with Real Salt Lake. That is where St. Louis City plays on Saturday. Uh, and he's an Apple TV broadcaster as well, an analyst there. So we'll talk to him about, of course, the historic start that we're seeing from St. Louis City SC. We're going to visit with Danny Wexelman. She is, uh, well, she's all over the place. MLB Network Radio, ESPN, SNY. She's covered the World Baseball Classic for uh, the last few days, so we'll talk to her about that. She had some really good thoughts on Twitter. We'll get those uh, from her as well about the World Baseball Classic and Major League Baseball. And then we'll wrap it up, uh, at least as far as the guests are concerned. We'll talk with Randy Molman. He is also all over the place, but one of the things and one of the places he is at is the uh, Dome and America Center. He is the PA voice of the St. Louis Battlehawks. We'll talk to him about what that atmosphere has been like uh, and really just this, uh, you know, the notion of St. Louis as a sports city. We all know uh, the truth about that. And uh, he likes to talk about that as well. He is a lifelong St. Louis and, uh, and a really good friend. So we'll talk to him as well. Let's get started. He let you hear a little bit from, uh, you know, what it was at, at Cardinals camp this morning. And it started off with um, the Cardinals manager, Oliver Marmol, just uh, kind of breaking the news that, that nobody wanted to hear. So I'll start with this. Um... We will start the year with uh, Wilkin, Rodriguez, and Wayno on the IL. Um, Wilkin barked the shoulder, some soreness and tightness there. Um, so he'll be no throw for about a week. And uh, Wayno, Tuesday before the game, the last game of the WBC, um, working out, strained his groin 
and uh, reported yesterday. Got some imaging, and uh, he'll start on the IL as well. He, uh, what's the timetable for him? I don't have a real timetable yet, other than strength is growing, and we all have an idea of what that typically means. So we'll uh, we'll continue to evaluate over the next few days, but no like hard timetable at the moment. Do they give you a grade of the strain? I, I'll get it for you. Yeah. Okay. Do you bring back Dak? I'm not there yet. Um, yeah. Who moves into the rotation? Correct, yes. There is a spot in the rotation now open, and we're going to have to sit down and make sure that we uh, aren't missing anything and who goes in that. Yeah. So uh, uncommittal uh, right there, uncommitted for uh, the cards manager as far as the rotation spot goes. Let's hear from Adam Wainwright as well. He spoke to the media a little bit later on in the day just to kind of uh, update what he felt and, and how it came about. I knew it wasn't great when it happened, you know. Um, I've been through a few injuries before and know what it feels kind of like when you strain a muscle. And um, that's what I mean. I knew I was hoping that it wasn't. We were kind of hoping that it was uh, – the the gracilis the area where they they were um took out to put in my elbow mm-hmm. back in 11 we were kind of hoping that scar tissue busted up or something mm-hmm. but i had a feeling that it mm-hmm. wasn't just that but um you know it could be much worse so it's just a strain we'll be out a few weeks and we'll see at least that he'd already made the decision you were going to get that opening day start yeah. how bummed are you that yeah be you. yeah that sucks a little bit man i'm i, I would have loved that i would have loved to um pitch in front of the crowd you know, mm-hmm. for opening day one more time. But my um, opening day will be a just a couple of weeks later. We'll mm-hmm. see when that is. But uh, the good, the, the, there's positive things I'm taking out of it. I'll be able to strengthen everything really well. I'll be able to get my throwing program going real soon back and, and keep my arm going so I won't be too far removed from that. And, and uh, I'll be able to strengthen my leg, obviously, which was weak coming in mm-hmm. to, to spring. I was working on that left leg already. So um, it was probably a, something that, that uh, needed to get strengthened anyways. Yeah. You know, that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. That's the way I have yeah. to look at it and yeah. you know, take a positive of it. But um, it's disappointing. I wanted to start. I wanted to pitch, you know, full season this year. But, um, you know, I'd like a, a full postseason more than I'd like a, a full April. So that's what the goal is. The more thing progressing just with, like, you know, where you were with uh, the, the leg, the glutes, the how were you progressing with that? So good. You. So good. That's why it's frustrating, man. Uh, that's why it's most frustrating is because my body was finally moving well. And I think that's why um, probably that happened. I, things were turning on that hadn't been on in a while and were working and actually got strained for the first time in a few weeks. And maybe that's why. I mean, I don't know that, but that's what, that's what, I'm, that's what I'm going with. That's my professional medical opinion on it. But, uh, yeah, I was able to. I was sprinting again. I was running again. And. And uh, actually, I was 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 having to kind of reteach my body how to move because I was still acting like I was hindered in some ways that I wasn't. You know, getting down on on ground balls. I came in after those WBC balls that I didn't make plays on, and the, and the training staff was like, "You can move now. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to get down into squats and stuff. You can move. You're good." And so I was. I'm frustrated now, knowing that I was finally in a place to go out and be an athlete again, and and. Uh, yeah, not be able to do that for a few weeks, but well, now he's going to be cautious again, right? Now that he was finally getting ready or getting where he felt good and, and felt like he was moving well, but so that's the uh, big news. There is that Adam Wainwright will miss uh, several weeks. Of course, the timetable is uh, tough to put 
out there right now. I don't think that anybody really knows. He, he probably doesn't know. I'm sure that even uh, trainers don't quite know yet. They're just going to have to see uh, how it responds to whatever kind of treatment it is that they uh, use to get him back. I did throw this out there, and I don't know. Maybe this is far-fetched. Does, you know, three or four weeks or a month without Adam Wainwright at the beginning of the season, does that mean maybe he's a little bit stronger towards the end of September or into postseason if uh, if the Cardinals get there? I mean, maybe it does. It's not an arm injury, obviously, and I, and I understand the groin affects the way that you are going to be pitching, your mechanics, those kind of things, but he is not going to be putting strain on the arm. He will have fewer innings when we get to that point, when we get to mid-September, end of September, into postseason. Uh, maybe it, and I'm not saying it's a good thing, maybe it is a small blessing in disguise. Maybe it gives you that boost at the end of the year. We'll have to wait and see. John Denton is up first of MLB.com, Cardinals beat writer. We'll talk to him on the other side of our break. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line on a Thursday night. I'm Joe Pot in for Matt Pauley, and this is Camo X. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. Graybar Sports Open Line. Joe Pot with you on a Thursday night in for Matt Pauley. And, of course, talking the uh, Adam Wainwright injury. That's been the biggest story of the day. And to get more on that and more Cardinals talk, we're joined by John Denton of MLB.com. You can follow him at John Denton 555. And, John, welcome to the show. Thanks for the time tonight. Hey Joe, thanks for having me. Been a been a busy day down here, as you can imagine. I I, I do imagine that. I can't imagine that you expected to uh, visit with uh, Oliver Marmel this morning and have him kind of start things off with that news today. Yeah, you know, we we were thinking that that maybe we would hear that Adam Wainwright was the opening day starter for the seventh time, and you know was going to be rewarded for for a long career. And you know, Waino had thrown a, a side session down in Miami uh, before. Uh, the championship game the other night, but come to find out, you know, he had a he had a weight room accident and was doing split squats at 41 years old and and, and popped that growing muscle. So, you know, it was Wayno has the the southern drawl and the, the the welcoming smile, but but he's a guy who has so much pride and he's such a competitor. And you know, he was just really bummed and sad more than anything today that he you know he wants to be the guy who who takes the ball. Uh, when they had their first live BP this year, Wayno was through the first session. When they had their first spring training game, Wayno was through the first game. Uh, he wanted to be that guy for on opening day once again, and you know, he was just really kind of filled with sadness that he wasn't going to be able to pitch that first game. 
I think that's what that that, <clears throat> that is certainly what struck me as well. Just that you know, here's here's uh, the lifelong cardinal or the the career long cardinal that is not going to get to uh, make that opening day start in his last year with the team, and I I certainly felt that way uh, as well. Now, who will get the ball on opening? Who do you believe will get the ball on opening day? Well, that's uh, that's still uh, up in the air. But you know, if I had to put money on it, I think it's it's going to be Miles Michaelis. You know, he's he's the guy who was a horse for this team last year, had a three point two ERA, uh, had a, had a great season. You know, he ended up with a losing record, but he's a guy who faced Corbin Burns three times. He he outpitched Max Scherzer at, at Bush Stadium. He faced Kyle, uh, he faced Shane McClanahan. He faced Merrill Kelly. Uh, pitched really well. You know, I, I think he's the next guy. You could theoretically go with Jack Flaherty, uh, you know, a guy who's been the opening day starter in, in 20 and 21. Uh, Miles was the opening day starter in 2019. It didn't go well. He got his head knocked off <laughs> in Milwaukee. But, you know, if I had to guess, I think it'll be Miles Michaelis. I think he's you know, he's a guy pitching with a lot on the line this year. He's a, he's a future free agent and I think that's kind of a reward for how well Miles pitched last season. I, I I love that you said that a reward. That's exactly the the term that I was using just talking around here. And and I mean, this is the guy that carried you from the start of the season, certainly into the All Star break uh, this past year. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. He was a, you know, he 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 ran into a lot of aces, but Miles pitched like an ace himself, you know, and two time All Star. Basically, the two years that Miles been totally healthy, Miles was an All Star. So, you know, he, he's a guy who wants the ball. He made 33 starts last year, was, you know, the most of his career. He threw 202 innings. That was the most of his career. And like you said, he kept the team afloat for, for long stretches of last season. You know, Jack Flaherty was out for a long time. Steven Matz was out for a long time. Jordan Montgomery wasn't here yet. You know, without 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 uh, the way Miles pitched, they would have been even further behind the uh, Brewers than they were. I'm really looking forward to the guys that you just mentioned. This rotation, at least as it sounds, and obviously with the news of Adam Wainwright today, it's a little bit different. But those four coming into the season healthy, uh, expected to be at full strength. You probably most likely add Jake Woodford to the mix as far as the rotation goes. Um, I like this rotation right now. Yeah, you know, it didn't take Wayno long to, to take off his pitching hat and put on his pitching coach hat, and he <laughs> said, I'm calling my shot right now. Steven Matz and Jordan Montgomery are going to have big seasons. He said nobody on the staff has better stuff than those two guys. And, you know, when when you're pitching in the National League, you got to face some big-time left-handers. you got to face Juan Soto and and, and Bryce Harper and, and, you know, the big-time left, left-handers. And Wayno said those guys are going to have career years. Uh, Montgomery's a, a free agent. Matt's is coming off a, a year where he got a big deal from the Cardinals and, and didn't perform well because of the injuries. So, Wayno said he's calling the shot. He thinks those two guys are going to have a have a breakout year. And, and, and good for Jake Woodford. Jake Woodford's been the best pitcher on the Cardinals in spring training. You know, he's he's been a guy who's worked really, really hard with Dusty Blake, the new pitching coach. And Ollie Marmol said today that that, that slider that they've tried to get Jake Woodford to improve upon is breaking six to seven inches further than it did years four years before and that's made Jake a you know a legitimate major league pitcher now and you know good for him because he he deserves a reward for pitching as well as he has in this spring. John Denton with us from MLB.com here on the Graybar Sports Open Line. Um, last couple of decisions to be made roster spots where do you think uh, we go there what is the you know, how does the Paul DeYoung injury affect Mason Wynn? What kind of things are, are you expecting over this 
uh, last six, seven days of camp? Well, Paul DeYoung's spot, uh, I think it helps the outfield more than it helps Mason Wynn. Look, if Mason Wynn makes this team, he's got to play every day, and Mason Wynn's not going to play every day with Tommy Edmond, a gold glover at shortstop, and, and Brendan Donovan, a gold glover at second base. You know, the only way he's coming up is is, is an injury that happens to Edmond or Donovan. Uh, but I think this is going to allow, if the Cardinals believe that they can cover second and short with Brendan Donovan, uh, yeah, with Brendan Donovan, Tommy Edmond, and Nolan Gorman, that opens up one more spot. And I think they're going to use that on Alec, Alec Burleson. You know, this this team is right-handed heavy. If, if Tyler O'Neill hits second and Goldie hits third and Arenado's fourth and Contreras is fifth, that's all right-handers. They need more left-handed bats on this team. And, you know, they like what Alec Burleson has done this spring. And, you know, in a weird sort of way, I think the Paul DeYoung injury helps Alec Burleson make the team. What about the roster spot that is opened up by Wainwright's injury? Yeah, that's uh, that. You know, Jake Woodford will move into the starting lineup. Uh, I think it guarantees that Andre Pallante makes the roster now. Andre Pallante absolutely deserves to be on this team. Uh, he pitched great last season. He was the last guy to make it last year. He never went down. Uh, Andre Pallante has those reverse splits where he's a righty, but right. he almost kept as a third lefty because he gets left-handers out. So. He's on the roster. Keep your eyes open for for Andrew Suarez, a guy who's you know come to this camp after some time with the Giants. He's pitched really well. If he pitches well over the next couple of days, I, I think Andrew Suarez could be a, a dark horse to make this roster as a as a left hander. We were talking about that actually uh, in the show before ours here, just in a little sports update. And I was talking to Kevin Wheeler, and he said the same thing. Keep your eye on Andrew Suarez. Uh, any other surprises or? Uh, you know, maybe any other disappointments for you as uh, as we get ready to close down camp? Well, it's disappointing that Jordan Walker decided to be human. That's, that's <laughs> a little disappointing. Now, I mean, the guy was off the charts. I think he was leading six different categories in the Grapefruit League after a couple of weeks. And, you know, he's cooled off, and, and he, he hurt his shoulder diving in head first. And I, I really think that's more coincidence than anything. But, you know, if it wasn't for Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, Nolan Gorman would be the story of this camp, guys. I mean, Joe, there's nobody more improved in this camp than Nolan Gorman. He's moving so well defensively. Uh, he, he's hitting balls 115 miles an hour off the bat. He's he's playing really well. You know, a lot of a lot of people kind of gave up on Nolan Gorman. You know, the way, the way he finished last season, he came back like a man possessed. And like I said, if it wasn't for Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn, Nolan Gorman would be the story of this camp. I love that. I love to hear that about a player that maybe, you know, I mean, obviously he's a guy who had some high expectations. And then, you know, again, I, I think it's more on the kin of what you're saying about Jordan Walker. He's human, right? He's a young guy in his first year in the bigs. And so, but to come back with that kind of attitude is makes for a really good story. It'll be fun to watch. Yep. Yep. No doubt about it. I mean, he's figured out that, you know, every team in this league, you know, it's a copycat league. And if you see one guy have success, everybody's going to pick it up and, and, you know, Guys realized in the league last year, you can get Dolan Gorman out with high fastballs. So what did the re- everybody in the league gave him the high fastballs? He struggled with that, but he got on the 100-mile-an-hour pitching machine, and he worked on it, and he's learned how to foul those pitches off and wait till he gets better pitches. So Nolan Gorman, is he, he's the most improved guy in this camp, and I really think on opening day when you have Alec uh, Manoa, six foot six, 285-pound pitcher for the Blue Jays starting, a right-hander, I think you're going to have – Nolan Gorman, the lefty in that lineup on opening day. And it just gives you great flexibility, right? Yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. And you've got to have 
you know, the guy can play second. He can play third when, when Arenado mm-hmm. is off. And, you know, he, I, I really think he's going to be your, your opening day designated hitter because you want his lefty bat in the lineup and you want him facing Alec Manoa. John, I appreciate you taking some time. As you said, I know uh, for you it's been a busy day. Uh, hope you get some rest tonight. I hope there are no more surprises, no more of those kind of surprises anyway, from now uh, until next Thursday when uh, opening day comes for us at Bush Stadium. And uh, uh, if we don't talk before, I'm sure I will see you down there. Sounds great, Joe. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate that. That is John Denton from MLB.com. John Denton 555. Uh, at John Denton 555 on Twitter is where you can meet him. Opening day is Thursday. That also means the return of KMOX Kegs and Eggs. It's presented by Budweiser, and it's back to celebrate the return of the baseball season. That is March 30th. Of course, it's 10 to 2 across from Ballpark Village parking lot. 10 to 2 if you have a VIP ticket. It's 11 to 2 if you have the general admission ticket on opening day. Uh, 7th Street between Market and Walnut. Again, across from Ballpark Village. CamelX.com slash events. You can see all that's going on. That's where you can buy tickets as well. But you're going to get access to a covered VIP area with private restrooms. Of course, Budweiser products. Themed cocktails. Maker's Mark bourbon. and vodka. Hornitos tequila. Live broadcasters. Broadcasters? Broadcasts. And appearances from uh, local celebrities and front office personnel. Of course, we've got great food. We'll have that. Sugar Fire sugar fire Smokehouse Barbecue. I'm going to have to try this again next hour, Matt. Uh, no question about it. Kegs and Eggs is back. It's on Thursday, March 30th. Go to camox.com slash events. All the details, tickets there as well. More to come here on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. We'll get into a little Major League Soccer talk. Brian Dunseth joins us on the other side of the break here on CamoX. Sunday at 3, it's the St. Louis Soccer Report. Nate Gatner and Jennifer Cease will talk all things St. Louis City, including an in-depth look back at Saturday's City Real Salt Lake match. The St. Louis Soccer Report, Sunday at 3, on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. on the Gray Bar Sports Open Line on a Thursday night. In for Matt Pauly tonight. Glad you're with us. Hope it is uh, still dry where you are. It's still dry for the moment downtown St. Louis, but I know it's going to be wet for a long time. Uh, It's going to rain tonight, tomorrow, all that good stuff. No reason uh, to worry about any weather concerns for St. Louis City since they are out of town this weekend. In fact, they are in Salt Lake City this weekend for a Saturday night game, and we are pleased to be joined now by... Brian Dunseth, who is a longtime MLS analyst, a former uh, MLS player himself. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time tonight. Yeah, no, I appreciate it. No, no weather concerns for St. Louis City SC in St. Louis, but <laughs> maybe some weather concerns down in Salt Lake City because, my man, it has been snowing like no other oh, this, man. Uh, this winter. Yeah, we, we're, we're looking at uh, 650, almost 700 inches up in the mountains. So great great for uh, in terms of snowpack and, and the water. That is much, much needed. But, yeah, I think we might have some snow Friday. But uh, Dan Farns and company have that field looking really, really good at America First Field. So uh, I have to imagine that it's probably 
among most people's interest around the league to get a look at St. Louis City and see what this 4-0 start is about and, and how they've gone about it. What have you come about as you've been kind of planning for this one? You'll be uh, a, an analyst on the game on Saturday night. What have you kind of come across as you've dug into St. Louis City? Yeah, so Max Bredos and I, uh, who's been my partner for all the games out here on the West Coast, listen, it, it's extraordinary what we've seen from ownership, collaboration, um, the, the hiring structure, uh, the, the decisions on players, launching you know, the second team, and then seeing the, the, the reality come into play to such an incredible amount of success. Um, you know, I, I've watched, I've been around this league since 1997. I've been a part of expansion teams. I was part of Real Salt Lake's expansion team. Man, we were terrible. We won five games <laughs> all season in 2005 because it is so difficult. I mean, when, when you put these pieces together and theoretically you're saying, oh, okay, I'll take this player from here. I'll put that player from there. We'll, we'll develop this player through the academy. Oh, by the way, we're going to, we got a little money to spend. We're going to go out on the international market and we're going to spend on X player or Y player. We don't know their personalities. They could be gigantic jerks or they could be phenomenal, but it, it's all theoretical. Well, what St. Louis City SC has done is they have proof of concept now. Everything that they've done, for the most part, has, has been extraordinarily successful. And to see the images, I, I have friends that are like uh, my friend Maddie. We call him Shin Kicker. Uh, he's a huge <laughs> RSL fan, was down in Florida. He was at the very first game, the home opener, and was sending me pictures and sending me text messages. And he's like, Dunny, this environment is extraordinary. I haven't seen anything like it in Major League Soccer. And, and that's, that, that, that is, is coming from a guy who's seeing games at, at every stadium in Major League Soccer. So um, the preparation, I've watched all the games. Um, I see what Bradley Farnell and company are trying to do, even with the adjustments losing Tim Parker last week and, you know, this hybrid of, of how they try to tactically set up, now playing with two strikers, with Giacchini uh, up top with Klaus. They're making life difficult. Uh, in a lot of ways, it reminds me of what the embodiment of Real Salt Lake was, where you get a bunch of guys that are hungry, a bunch of guys that, for one reason or another, the path less traveled has led them to a different opportunity. Um, and whether that's frustration, success, uh, whatever that looks like, then you add the international market and caliber of players with the money that's been spent so intelligently and so smartly. Uh, and I was joking around with, with Max Bredos. They got, they got that dog in them, meaning that they got the fight, uh, you know, the fight, the determination, along with the style of play and the goals being scored. So they've checked for me every box that you'd want to see early in the season. And I don't care if you're an MLS contender. I don't care if you're an MLS Cup reigning champion. Um, everybody has to be really, really impressed with what St. Louis City FC has done so far. You, you raise a couple of points there, and you talk about, you know, kind of trying to piece this together with personalities that you have to mesh and with different styles of play that you're not sure about. How much do you uh, credit Bradley Carnell and, and Lutz Vanenstiel, the, uh, the sporting director there, for doing that and being able to sort of create the environment that allows this kind of success? I mean, it starts with the Rolodex, right? I mean, that, that's why that's why you hire this and, and you give him that opportunity because he's been there, he's done that, he's seen it from various levels, um, on the field, off the field, uh, and and you hope that he can open up doors that maybe others can't. Um, and and listen, the the reality with Major League Soccer is one size does not fit all. There, there is no identifiable, clear cut pathway of success. Um, and from the sporting director and the general manager's perspective, we've seen guys 
that were born and raised and played in Major League Soccer have a ton of success because they, quote-unquote, know the American player. They know the American market. And then we've seen risk and reward of more and more internationally experienced general managers, sporting directors coming into the league and opening up that Rolodex and, and uncovering players that, that look a little bit different or had previously not even thought about coming to Major League Soccer. Um, so the roster build and shape is one thing. And then, listen, at the end of the day, you know it as well as I do, the manager's voice has to be one of strength, has to be one of reason. Um, guys have to be excited about coming to work. Guys have to know that they're going to be accountable to hit a certain level each and every day. And then ultimately, how does the manager and his staff, how does Bradley and his staff figure out, John and company, figure out what the best tactical shape and formation looks like for the group? What are the strengths and the weaknesses? And by the way, you're still worrying about the opponent. So uh, again, I, I, I don't think I could verbalize um, how impressed I really am with what I'm seeing coming out of St. Louis right now. Brian Dunseth with us. So tell me, let's let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, Real Salt Lake won their first game. They've dropped the last two games. What uh, What is it that they're trying to do, but what kind of problems can they present for City? Yeah, I, for, for St. Louis City SC fans, what I would say is Real Salt Lake is what St. Louis is without Klaus, without a, without a mm-hmm. real goal scorer up top. Um, I, I was joking around with some of the people at Salt Lake. I was like, man, if you guys had Klaus, you guys would – you guys probably be undefeated right now, top of the league, because they generate a lot of similar chances. They just don't have, you know, after losing Bobby Wood and Sergio Cordova in the offseason, they lost about 15 goals. When you lose 15 goals in Major League Soccer, that, that's the difference between, you know, fighting for a playoff spot and completely missing the playoff spot. So where are their goals coming? Pablo Mastroeni um, is one of the most well-liked managers in Major League Soccer uh, as a player, and I played with him down in Miami. He was the guy that you, you wanted in your corner if you were walking down a dark alley because you know he had your back. Um, and then as a manager, he's one of the most philosophical uh, in terms of approaches of, of how he manages the collective as well as the individual. Um, the tactics and the shape, obviously, they're, they're hit pretty hard with the international call-ups. So you're going to see a, a couple of players that haven't really gotten a clear-cut opportunity early in the season. Um, a couple of players that I think are extremely talented but aren't as tested or robust at this stage of the season that they might be later in the season. But one of the cool things about the ownership change uh, with David Blitzer, who's uh, he, he, he co-owns the Philadelphia 76ers, New Jersey Devils, Crystal Palace, Augsburg, um, and, and then and Ryan Smith, who's the owner of the Utah Jazz, as, uh, as co-owners and cohorts, they've spent a lot of money on the stadium. Um, and really trying to upgrade, whether it's safe standing behind the South Bowl. Um, it's kind of the culture and the lifestyle in terms of, like, the graffiti or the flags that are available for fans when they walk in. And now it's a, it's a brand-new kind of light show and surround sound system, similar to what you've seen at a couple places, in particular maybe Austin and Q2 Stadium. So it, it'll, it'll be a good atmosphere, even with a couple of players missing. But after, uh, after the inability to score goals in crucial moments, and dropping a couple games uh, and coming off a, you know, a bye week, hopefully, for Real Salt Lake's perspective, they are itching and prepared to go because they know that from that opening whistle that St. Louis is going to try to jump all over them and cause, cause them a ton of problems. Brian, before I let you go, just give me an idea of the difference. When you talk about you know, some of the things that you encounter in Real Salt Lake, like you were talking about with the, with the flags and the light show, the atmosphere there, the atmosphere you've heard about at City Park, at St. Louis City yeah. Games, and, and at Austin. And now, and you're talking about, obviously, 
uh, a lot more the the majority of these soccer specific stadiums to when you got in the league and you were playing in places like Arrowhead Stadium and yeah. uh, Ohio State uh, Stadium, Ohio yeah. Stadium there in Columbus, like yeah. like the differences in where this league has come. I mean, I, I was playing at Dragon Stadium, which was yeah. a high school football That's field right. in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it listen. I, when the league started in 1996, I was a, a sophomore at Cal State Fullerton in, in Southern California, and I was driving out to the Rose Bowl to go watch the L.A. Galaxy play. And for the first time in my life, outside of kind of the lower-level leagues, uh, because Clay Coyman, who played in the 1994 World Cup, was my coach as a 12-year-old before he went down to Mexico and was the first American to captain Cruz Azul, we had heroes, but we didn't have superstar heroes at, at our fingertips. And that's what's the difference nowadays. We can talk about infrastructure. We can talk about money and the, the amount of money that's being laid out by the owners now, the extraordinary difference from the time I retired in 2006 to, you know, the, the David Beckham movement that completely changed American landscape of soccer and in particular Major League Soccer. Um, you know, we're not, we're, not, we're not talking about Budweiser. We're talking about Heineken. We're not talking about Honda. We're talking about Audi. We're not talking about high school stadiums. We're talking about soccer-specific stadiums. I played at Cruz Stadium, which was the very first soccer-specific stadium in Major League Soccer. I was there for the inaugural game. It is night and day, um, and I am incredibly envious and jealous of what this generation of soccer player has at their fingertips um, because we call ourselves the Dick Buckuses of soccer. Uh, that we, were, we, we were part of the originals where you were playing more for the love of the game as opposed to the paychecks for the game. Um, so to, to credit Don Garber and all the owners of what they've built, uh, nothing short of extraordinary. And I cannot wait to get out to St. Louis and see a game and be able to call a game from that stadium. Brian, thanks so much for taking some time tonight. I appreciate the insight, the stories, uh, and certainly we will uh, welcome you here when you get a chance to get out to City Park. Uh, have a great call on Saturday night. Love it. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. That is Brian Dunseth, MLS analyst on Apple TV, and he's been uh, he spent a lot of time with Real Salt Lake as their analyst as well. So nice of him to take some time as the uh, as St. Louis City SC gets set to face Real Salt Lake coming up on Saturday night. Take another break. Come back. Continue with things. Wrap up things here on the six o'clock hour. It's the Graybar Sports Open Line. I'm Joe Pot in for Matt Pauley here on KMOX. All the news and all that matters to you. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Joe Pot back on the Graybar Sports Open Line here on a Thursday night. In for Matt Pauley tonight. Happy year long. Hope it's been a good one for you. It's been a good one for us already. Chatting uh, a lot about Cardinals baseball and uh, Adam Wainwright. Talked a little MLS with Brian Dunseth, who... Uh, we'll be on the call of the game on Saturday night as uh, City visits Real Salt Lake. So that was very cool. Uh, caught up with him. We have plenty to do in the 7 o'clock hour as well. We're going to visit with Danny Wexelman. She is uh, from MLB Network Radio as well as ESPN, Major League Baseball, World Baseball Classic, College Baseball as well. She covers the sports uh, well. And Randy Molman as well, who is, uh, again, he he does all that stuff, but he does it within St. Louis, and he's at Mizzou, and he's at the Battlehawks games and all kinds of other stuff. So we'll chat with him as well. Getting back to baseball just a little bit, when we were talking with John Denton and when when we opened the show, we were talking about Adam Wainwright, and we played the Oliver Marmel clip, but he was really sort of not ready to commit 
about who would take that rotation spot. We had said Jake Woodford, but this is why, because Oliver Marmel did somewhat confirm it. There's a pretty good chance Woody slides into that spot. Okay. Yeah. He's done well, and he's been extended. Those yeah. things, those are, okay. those are two good things. For sure. In his favor, yeah. But I did. I asked in part because you have had guys who aren't in this no, I hear world yeah. who have been stretched out. I, I, I do think um, that gives Woody a really good opportunity to be in the rotation. Is that him? So is what you're looking for now is Woodford's role? Is that hopefully the decision? Or are you... Yeah, that's why I'm saying we'll, we'll sit down. Um, we just That's why I was a couple of minutes late coming out here as far as getting everything back from Bueno. Yeah. So now we'll sit down and go through the exercise of what does this mean, the domino effect here, how that impacts everybody else, and guys that weren't going to make the opening day roster to now possibly making it. So, yeah. So there you go. There's a little bit of what he talked about, and nothing is set in stone, and that makes sense, right, because there's not a lot that is – I think concrete about how long you're going to be without Adam Wainwright. And I think that probably becomes a little more clear over the next couple of days. I think that you have to figure out a, your course of treatment and B how Adam Wainwright responds to that course of treatment. So I don't think that there's anything they can make a decision on, nor do they have to make a decision on that right now. Uh, The other thing is of course, the Cardinals start the season with that Thursday game. Then they have the day off before they get back into it on a Saturday, Sunday, you go then Saturday through Wednesday with a day off the following Thursday on the 6th of April. So there are some things you can do to piece it together too. If you're not quite ready, Uh, maybe you have a piggyback situation, maybe use a spot starter. I think there are some things that can be done with a couple of off days there in the first uh, two weeks, maybe 10 days, two weeks of the season. So it's not something that you need to have your, you know, your rotation figured out for the month of April yet, because that's not a worry that you have. So I think a lot still has to come, but but it does sound like Jake Woodford's going to make that start. And even Denton, John Denton said it, that he has been one of the best pitchers in camp this entire spring training. And I have said it since the trade deadline of the 2021 season when uh, Happ and Lester got here that Jake Woodford may have benefited the most. He got to go down and have a little bit more of a realistic and normal, if you will, development. And he came back and he showed that he took advantage of that that September. And I think that he has continued to grow. And obviously, as John Denton said, continued to improve during this spring training camp as well. So I look forward to that. And I look forward to the rest of this rotation, as I said, there at the top of the hour as well with uh, with Flaherty, with Mats, with Montgomery, uh, and obviously with Miles Michaelis, who we believe is going to get the opening day start. And I think that's confirmed uh, tomorrow. I think that's when they make the announcement, but I'm not positive on that. So next hour, we'll talk more baseball. Danny Wexelman will join us, and we'll talk uh, all kinds of St. Louis sports with Randy Molman as well. It's the Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on a Thursday night. Don't go away. We've got hour number two coming up after the news. I'm Joe Pott. This is KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.